This week on the show, we welcome back one of our very first guests. Yeah. Garrett Hunter from Mega64. And if you're enjoying the show and want to help support it, make sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Freak. I'm going to start using that as like a shady comment now, uh, that that tagline, should we have connected? That's what it seems like. The The energy from that like message seems very like, I don't know, it's like regretful or like, you know, and they were actually talking about it on the uh, on the latest episode of Brain Structure. Yeah, I haven't been able to catch up with that because I've I've lost my mind in Dragonflight with with Apache. <laughs> I'm not admitting to playing World of Warcraft anywhere publicly. Like, okay, if cut, anyone asks me, I, if anyone asks me, I don't play it. Yeah, I'm already judging you. It's too late. It's a new expansion. Hey, look, man, they put Spyro in between RPing. Okay, that's all you needed to tell me, and it worked. <laughs> But aside from that, I mean, it's been kind of an incredible, incredible week for Kojima fans. Huh? We had to scrap the last episode because there's like absolutely nothing going on. But we kind of knew, <laughs> you know, with all the posts in the back of our head, like something was going to happen. Yeah, it was the quiet before the storm. Fingers. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. Yeah, I feel very lucky to be on post-game awards, you know? Yeah, we were definitely really hyped to have you. Definitely uh, welcome back, you know? This is uh, this is your second time on the show. You, you were one of the very first guests on this show, actually. I think you were the second guest. We had uh, our buddy Nourish Psych on as the first oh, guest. Oh, wow. But yeah. It's been a minute, but uh, it has. I'm definitely excited to have you back on, man. Yeah, thanks for joining us. How the heck are you? I'm doing great. I've I've been I've been listening. I've been keeping up. I go through like uh, waves where I like binge my podcast, and then I go back to radio for like a month, and then oh, I have all these podcasts to listen to again. Um, and you guys are on that list, and I've been since I don't <laughs> I don't fuck with brain structure, sadly, because <laughs> I am not a Spotify user. So uh, that's what it's on, right? Yeah, yeah. So I get my recaps from you guys, and I you've you've said in the past like, oh, maybe we're recapping too much. I say nay, <laughs> recap all you want because I I'm getting the info distilled through the real Kojima fans here. So we could just make up anything, and you'd never know it. <laughs> I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. <laughs> we have heard through a few people. They're like, yeah, we listen to your show, but not not brain structure really. It's just not. I'm like, I'm okay. one of them. That's that's an honor, but. The way I look at it is like, you know, it's it's two different like use cases or purposes, right? Yeah. I'm not it's not shade to Kojima, just it's it's not really what they're looking for. So who knows? Yeah. Oh, it's not shade to Kojima. It's just it's honestly the medium. Like it's locked in on SoundCloud. Or whatever it's locked in on. Spotify, yeah. <laughs> Spotify, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two two apps I just don't want to use (laughs) i'm the luddite here it's it's nothing other than my uh stubbornness but it's like oh if it was an rsss feed uh you know i'd have it in my podcast app no problem like but uh i'll tune in if something's like big and newsworthy it gets highlighted you know in other news outlets and stuff so that's where i pick up info that comes out of the uh the podcast. But. Yeah, some some journalist will write a whole ass article about a sentence that he says on there. And <laughs> you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll get the joke Usually right it. after Nitro tweets about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, that. <laughs> yeah. 
No, seriously, it just happened like three times. <laughs> You're newsworthy. Truly. I'm really not. Making headlines. You you definitely, you guys like put it in my head that uh, if you see Hideo Kojima land in California in the next couple weeks, it's because he's going to be on the Game Awards, the Keeleys, as we call it. Yes. <laughs> and I want that to stick. <laughs> you, you put that in my head and I was just... I was searching through, you know, like for the rest of that week on his Instagram feed, and then I saw a shot of him eating In-N-Out Burger. Yeah, the In-N-Out sealed the deal. Yep. I thought, yeah, I saw palm trees in another one, but it's like, nah, it could be Florida. Yeah. But this In-N-Out Burger, I knew. I was like, oh, he's going on the Keeleys. Yep. It was official DEFCON 1. Would have been so funny if he was just hanging out there, didn't show up at the Game Awards, <laughs> just on vacation. Yeah. Got a burger. <laughs> Good luck, Jeff. Yeah, met all my favorite directors. <laughs> Just making my rounds, you know. Met Al Pacino, Duncanino. Oh my god, <laughs> so much to cover. I mean, yeah, no, we're bouncing all over the place, but it's great. That's this is like that abundance of Kojima news all of a there's, sudden that we have yeah. now. From let's start there though, days. There's, I mean, there's so much we want to talk about, not just Kojima, but something else. But I'm not going to bring it up right now. Uh, okay. So we'll just start off with Kojima. Yeah, so Garrett, I take it you adhere to the um, levels of Kojima DEFCON, as we do. Um, sure, and We were yes. sort of hinting at that that DEFCON one, right? So very exciting. And it, um, it happened, yeah. Yeah, so how about that trailer for Death Stranding? I, I, I'm like hesitant to call it Death Stranding 2, right? Because I keep seeing just DS2. It's a working yes. title, DS2. Which the Kojima fan think? in me in the back of my head is like, is like, is this part of some sort of, I don't even want to use the word ruse, but if it's, it's some part of some sort of like curated experience about the title, like there's a reason why it's still DS2. Like there's, Kojima wouldn't just do like a working title. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm curious what you guys think, because I think Keeley also referred to the first game as DS1. Yeah, in, I think I think the first time that they revealed it actually was... They they just put DS on the screen. That was like the first thing they showed. So this well, might be a nod. It was to on that. his shirt. Okay, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, I remember yeah. the shirt. Yeah, they mentioned that on the on the uh, on the recent brain structure, talking about how it was just DS on his shirt. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what to think because why not continue with? There's got to be a reason you don't keep the very recognizable hit video game title death stranding in the sequels name you know why why cut your maybe normie audience down because they don't know what ds2 is and now yeah there's got to be funny, a reason you said normie you said normie, <laughs> yeah. and i didn't picture like the term normie I, I know that like i use the term normie regularly uh, unfortunately um but like when you said normie i was just picturing like norman Reedus fans like oh we're the normies we're here for norman Reedus. <laughs> we love walking dead <laughs> Yeah. Uh, speaking of Walking Dead, let's talk about how. Well, not talk too much about it, but I do like how both of the um, the Dixon brothers were featured at the Game Awards, the Keeleys, and the Death Stranding right. trailer. And uh, what was it? That like game that had like every fucking actor in it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, Michael Madsen. What was that? And I can't remember the name for the life of me, but it looked amazing. Oh, the shit that had Chuck Norris and stuff. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, way to market your game. It's like, yeah, put a bunch of people in there, but none of us remember what it's called. You guys did a great job. <laughs> it's that, that game. one with the fucking actors in it. Uh... 
I'm it just was, gonna Google. It was like a Call of Duty zombies, but you know, all those actors are just. It, were they like gangsters? It was. What was that? Yeah, know. they we were, were all like monsters. We weren't paying or... attention at all during. The, <laughs> we did yeah. our first transmission and just watched it live. We're just kind of just roasting the whole thing. Just great. call it the Expendables Five and get it over with. <laughs> it's kind of what Prime it was. Boss, it seemed like an... Rocky City. That's what it's okay. called. And I had to Google well, well, Michael Madsen that again. Google News to find the title. Say that one more time. It's called Crime Boss Rocky City. Wow. I'm not going to remember name. that. I'm just going to yeah. call it Crime <laughs> Bad Boss. Bad name. Crime Boss is good, yeah. I, Rocky yeah. City, that's too much. Not to diverge from the conversation about the DS2 t- trailer. No. It's hard not to because it was such a star-studded uh, game awards. You know, I was expecting some Muppets. I'm happy we got an S-tier Muppet. We got Animal instead of, you know, Pepe the King Prawn. No fault <laughs> of Pepe's. But, uh, dude, starting out the gate with Al Pacino and then to Michael Madsen and just how star-studded. I think this was the most Hollywood that the Keeleys have ever been. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, not, I think it was one of my favorites, too. Like, it, it was, like, a fun one. I don't know. I had, like, a good yeah. time with this one. I didn't really walk away too disappointed. Not too many good yeah, games, really, coming out of it that I'm super hyped for, even besides DS2, but... Uh, yeah, speak for yourself, Armored Core. Yeah. Yes, I am with you. I mean, I never played one, but okay. <laughs> I do love how... I didn't even... I went, I stepped away to use the bathroom when Armored Core got announced, and I knew it was a new Armored Core because I checked my Twitter feed, and people were like, oh, it looks like a good From Software game is finally coming out, and I knew it was those Armored Core <laughs> folks. Yeah, that's, that sounds right. So good job, folks. You did well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who who else here is just me and Nitroid into the Armored Core franchise? Oh no, I, I loved it. I loved the the the, the very old Armored Core titles. Um, yeah, I, I I got a demo for the first one, and I would play it all the time. And every time I would go to the game store, I was like, I have to have this game. Whoa, 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 game. whoa, whoa! Wait, Apache, you're playing a Japanese game about a Big Mac. What's yeah, I was like, can I do that again? I was like, can I do the, <laughs> can I do it again? Because I, I I said that like so many episodes ago. Um, I posted on on Twitter as well as soon as the game got announced. I was like, am I really gonna play a Japanese game about a big mech? No, I'm here for it. It's been too long. I mean, that franchise like went away for so long. So happy that that's coming back. Because uh, I definitely enjoyed those like the first two. God, that's been like ten years, right? Yeah. Jeez, I feel I feel like that's a game that's really going to benefit for like how much graphic fidelity has improved over the years. Like totally, that could be a really amazing looking game. And I, I don't really think there's any super good games where you drive a mech. Uh, I'm sorry for well, fans Armored out there. Core. It's uh, it's such a niche game, despite you know having such a, a long history. I mean, I couldn't tell you a damn thing about the story. But those games are built, it's like <laughs> the either. Gran Turismo of mech games because you can really yeah. get down to the nuts and bolts of the mechs and customize things and like you have a lot of control. Uh, mm. it's, it's, it is not easy at times, but it's no. so interesting. Apache, when we go to MacFest, we're absolutely getting on the virtual on machine, arcade machine. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, you're going to find out. Oh yeah. That's a classic Sega mech fighter. Yeah. Uh, I think that Armored Core started on the PlayStation because I had yeah, the first PS2, two. It did, it was, yeah. yeah, PS1 and PS2. And then I kind of fell off. Um, like I didn't play three or four or any of the other like frontline as the spinoffs or whatever. But but I am excited for that to come back. I played four a lot. That was a good time. 
Yeah. I mean, there was uh, Steel Battalion as well, right? Where you had the actual big, big ass control. Oh, God, that. Right. Thing. <laughs> I've only seen that uh, at conventions. Yeah. That was that Xbox peripheral. Yeah. Wasn't that like $200 for that controller? Yeah, remote? <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. If not kinda... more, yeah. <laughs> I never played that, but I feel like I remember like an X Play review of that or something. It, it's kind of hard to get hold of now as well. And it's like super mm-hmm. expensive. Original Xbox, too. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it set up and playable at like a convention uh, free to play room or like an arcade. Like I think at PAX, they have a really good uh, PAX Prime in Seattle has a really good arcade setup. I believe like that someone brings that in. It's personal, you know, and they set two of them up head to head. And that's like its own. That, that's the only time I've ever seen people play that or actually looked on that blessed controller with my eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's quite the setup. Need like a PhD to play that game. <laughs> There's a fucking auto eject button. Like it has a yes, button if for you don't, everything. Yeah. And if Seriously? you don't auto eject, like you can lose your progress and shit. Yes. Yeah, it deletes your save. It deletes your save, yeah. Holy yeah. crap. God, I wonder how that emulates. And they said from software was hard. <laughs> I mean, this one's going to be. They've learned a lot since the last Armored Core. Sure, yeah. There's no way they're not bringing all that all that knowledge in. Those were the two big releases for me, though, in this year's Keeleys. It, it was the Armored Core announcement and then the Death Stranding one, which I kind of thought once, like, you know, I saw that he was eating in and out Burger. I knew he was there to announce something. And for me, it was like, okay, is this going to be... Uh, new game, like maybe what's rumored to be exclusive to Xbox that he's been working on. Um, maybe a guy without a shirt is going to, you know, showcase this <laughs> during the Game Awards. But it, was it going to be Overdose or is it going to be Death Stranding? And I was kind of <laughs> leaning towards, I, ho- I hope it's Death Stranding. So I'm happy. I feel like I got what I wanted. I, I was the opposite. I was leaning, well, I was, I was aligned with what I was hoping for. But I was, in terms of expectations, I was also sort of expecting like a, like a, a Phantom Pain-esque, like, overdose reveal a misdirect kind of thing yeah and this was like so much more so i have so many questions i I love i I don't like watching trailers because i I find that they tend to answer questions i don't want answered until i actually get into the product but i love because i I, there's so many questions i have and they all it, it, it touches on all the questions i had left when i beat death stranding so. Yeah, with Kojima, it's definitely like you've always said, it's part of the experience. It's like that curated, like, all right, we're going to start you here on this first trailer just to get you going. Yes. And it's like, that's that's kind of like going in. You need all that. Yep. It was really cool hearing him talk about it on the on their podcast, too. How he said, like, that first trailer for Death Stranding when, like, Norman Reedus was all on the beach alone and naked or whatever, like, it was actually kind of like a technical limitation. They're like, so we only had, like, one body scan of, like, Norman Reedus, like, naked. And like we had one of like a whale and we had one of the baby. And like that's all we had really, like asset wise. So <laughs> we just had to kind of like work with that. And like that's kind of like oh, wow. those are like just some of the connections <laughs> that I still had from like the previous because I knew Norman from PT. So like I got him to come in and scan stuff. It, he was like, you know, he tells the story. He's like, Oh, it was just me, my phone, and a laptop. Oh, you know. But uh, you know, it was kind of cool to hear like the that the reason that that trailer kind of happened like that, it was just, it was that early in the planning stage that he was like, all right, this is all we've got so far. Kind of, you know, like I'm sure he had, you know, stuff planned out story wise, but as far as just like what he actually had on board at the time, it was pretty much just Norman and, you know, some, some other assets. So that was pretty cool. He worked within his limitations and then he came out with 
<laughs> probably an overarching theme of the game because of that. It's interesting, too, because his trailers are kind of known for not having stuff that's in the final game. So I wonder if we saw some stuff in this reveal trailer that eventually will be changed or altered or just not in the final mm. game. Mm-hmm. With Phantom Pain, like, f- there were a lot of shots of, like, Venom Snake walking down the hallway covered in blood and then kind of changed for the final game. So you get stuff like in his curated releases that are really him flexing his directing chops, Mm -hmm. but maybe not necessarily uh, spoiling game stuff. With the last batch of trailers, we had people like syncing up the different trailers and like playing them at the same time and things were kind of happening on the screen at the same time. Uh, I saw today someone compared it, or this new trailer to the one with uh with Cliff from the the previous trailer where you know he's he's running away with BB and stuff was kind of lining up and I was just like oh shit it's on that level again where we're like syncing stuff up so apparently there's more going on to be fair Kojima was straight up like I encourage you guys to go ape shit with analysis which is very exciting uh I that really is. appreciate the support uh, cause again, lots of questions. Why was, since you talked about, you know, the chase with BB, like, or now yeah. Luis with her little like embroidered bib, uh, like why is Fragile's body young? Like the, the, the sort of reaction, I, I like to call it like almost reactionary oh. to the stranding ending, you know, with things like, should we have connected the whole drawbridge symbolism, where, you know, bridges can be built, but they can also be taken back if needed. I think there was also, I'm going to fuck up this quote, but something like, you know, we can we can, we can can leverage or use both a a stick and a, a, a rope or something mm. like that. Yeah. Um, mm. So lots of interesting concepts. And it, it it's, I, I, I'm hoping that it answers like some of the like lingering questions that I personally had with Death Stranding. Um, but it seems like Kojima's like, it seems both Kojima's directly addressing those, but I don't know to what extent they're going to be able to answer them because he he admitted himself he had to change the story because he didn't <laughs> want to be a prophet. I don't want to use prophet. Prophet's a bad word, but he didn't want to. <laughs> How predict- bad was it going to get? Yeah, yeah like, that was what funny. What happened, man? And then, and then you think about like in the that. past, like. Yeah, and then, like, when you think about what he has, quote-unquote, predicted, like, the proliferation of, of, and the siloing of social media, a massive pandemic, in some ways, and you can cut this out if it's too much, 9-11, like, what, how worse could it be, man, like? He's scared of his own mind. (laughs) (laughs) So now he just made up some shit that, like, definitely, like, can't happen, he's just gonna go super mystical with it, too. It's It's like, Hideo, write a good, write something nice, please, we need it. Yeah, it's gonna be like an actual walking simulator where only good things happen as you walk down the street. Yeah, every time I rewatch the the new DS2 trailer, though, I am realizing stuff that uh, I'm, I'm. It's not really like any questions from the first game are being answered. It's like there's just more new questions, and mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it until you just said it, days that uh, you see. Fragile in like a tank top and her body isn't aged by time fall like it was in the first game. I didn't even notice that until you just mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so much to like dissect. I mean, you could go through and I'm sure that the uh, the rabid fan base is like freeze framing and looking at every little clip. I, I've just kind of like watched it about two or three times and enjoyed it. And now I'm going to, I think, wait for the next 
the next official trailer to drop. I'm just curious how long it's going to be till the game comes out. I mean, at this point, Kojima Productions is coming up on their seventh anniversary, the the new version of the studio. I, I mean, something yeah. like that. Um, really? Yeah, I think they just celebrated seven years, actually. Yeah. So at the rate we're going, assuming the game comes out as soon as next year, that's one game every four years, roughly. That's pretty good. Well, the fact that he's also working on multiple projects right now, like that's this isn't that's the only true. Thing he's got going. That's true. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of that early work was just sort of setting setting up the studio and sort of figuring out their workflow and, yeah. and making a cool lobby. Yeah. <laughs> Liminal spaces, folks. Liminal spaces. Yeah. Um, but so that, that's a good point, Nitroid, that, you know, the last two games that Kojima has done, he's he's almost started from fresh, right? You have MGS5, where, he, you know, they took that those resources to make the Fox engine. And then, you know, he had to start fresh with building Kojima Productions for, for Death Stranding. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, from like a, a, a process perspective, like how he handles this release now that he doesn't like have to start all over. Yeah. yeah, they have a game engine. They have some assets. Yeah, I think I'm more excited for Death Stranding two than I was for Death Stranding one. I'm I'm real excited to see how he takes the criticisms of the first game mm-hmm. and and improves on yeah. it. Yeah, not to bring it back to brain structure again, but he did say he's like it's kind of hard to like come up with like a game system within like one IP. You know, like when you're starting out, you kind of have to kind of come out with all these different you know identifying aspects of like what makes this like this specific game. And so with like this strand type gameplay, he's kind of like thrown in his first batch of ingredients. But like, you know, we see with Metal Gear out, it's just like a lot of like improved upon things. So I think with this one, he'll he'll take this first batch and hopefully, uh, you know, just remix it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense for him to stick with Decima, given that they've already sort of become acclimated to the engine. They built the previous game in it. So they've got all this, you know, they've they've, they've got all this work already. Uh, and they've invested so much in Decima, but I, I still kind of wonder, like, why they went that route instead of, you know, going the route of, say, Unreal Engine that a lot of other developers do. That is interesting. Yeah, I've always chalked it up to like a a a, a partnership agreement thing because they were going under Sony, and mm. they're like, "Here, let Gorilla help you get acclimated with shit." Yeah. Hey, here's our Decima engine. This is all in my head. I don't know if this is true. <laughs> it is a beautiful engine, though. Like I, I, I feel like it could compete right up there with Unreal Five. Like even though it is older at this point, but it's a pretty. Like just seeing the stuff from uh, Horizon Forbidden Wilds, or what's the sequel called? Um, I think that was it. Yeah, I think that was it. Forbidden anyway, West. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That's right. There you go. That game uh engine is very very high tech and pretty i i think you're right though that it has something to do with him being kind of nested under sony for this game it for sure looks amazing um and i think it's kind of a testament to how art direction can matter more than the technology in a lot of ways because i've seen a lot of unreal engine games that just are deep in the uncanny valley but death stranding for the most part, doesn't really have that problem. Yeah, especially with this new trailer, it's like holy shit! Like, yeah, we, we saw old Rita's, and it was like, okay, damn. Like, <laughs> I loved that Photoshop on Twitter. That was like, you could see old Rita's, the MGS4 health bar with old Rita's and his psych going down. <laughs> so good. There's definitely some weird timefall shit going on in this game. It's I don't know. There's 
I mean, it definitely seems like a, a sequel, like in the timeline of things, but there's for sure there's some reversing of time going on. I, I don't know. And uh, what seems like it, it sounds like there's a Troy Baker song being sung throughout mm-hmm. the trailer. I don't know yeah. if that is his voice. It definitely it sounds is. like oh, him. Oh, for sure, yeah. Oh, it's absolutely, okay. I'm pretty sure it is. It's been yeah. stuck in my head all fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> well, it credits him at one point. Right, because a part of the lyrics too- Doesn't it credit him at one point? They, they go, yeah, he is credited in that trailer. It's, um, uh, yeah, it's BB's but, song. Yeah, I mean, they credit oh, him for okay. the song. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it said BB's song, you know, performed by Troy Baker right there on that. Oh, little, okay, cool. Yeah. Because it goes to like, uh, like almost talking dialogue where he's like, yeah, talking to BB, some of those lyrics. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, he's being creepy. Yo, how, how is Higgs going to play a role in this? Because he was kind of, it, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. So many more questions are being asked than answered, though. I'm just like so mad that he's still around. And like, I got so mad when I heard him sing BB's theme. It, it felt violating. And that's <laughs> when I know yeah. Kojima did something right. And then him and like, I'm presuming that that was him and that like just body horror, like Amelie yeah. slash Bridget skin suit thing. Oh, with, with his the, guts moving around with an electric with guitar. Electric guitar. God bless Kojima. Jesus. <laughs> One thing I really loved about that is like he, he hits that like dissonant ass chord and then like the red exclamation points come up for a quick second. And then yes. they turn into like this other new weird symbol that we haven't seen before. And it's just like, ah, I don't know. Just he loves his fucking nods. Like <laughs> just, he does. He's real quick with it launch a million conspiracy theories yeah well i mean that's you know that's kind of the thing i like i made a, a tweet and a post about it just saying like oh here's the red exclamation marks and it was like it's not metal gear and i'm like i'm not saying it's fucking metal gear i'm just saying he did the, the red exclamation mark as a nod that's a, you know that's it <laughs> but that's a positive thing though take yeah, it as a positive that saying, people like are, are drifting into this mindset less and are starting to understand that Believe it or not, some artists will revisit their previous work. I mean, that's all he's ever done. <laughs> yeah, and echo things they've done in the past, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything deeper than that. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with the the cardboard box, you know, in the last Death Stranding with the director's yep. cut. You know, it's... oh god, that yeah. But I mean, he got pretty blatant he's with paying the, homage. Uh, yeah, exactly. But with the whole um, God, what is it called? That that DHV ship that they've got, the you know, the drawbridge ship, where it pretty much just looks exactly like Metal Gear Rex. Of <laughs> like the front frame looks like Metal Gear Rex. <laughs> yeah, that was a big moment. The crane looks exactly like the fucking rail gun. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I love when it. <laughs> when I saw it, I shouted out. I went, "Oh my god, it's got a rail gun!" Wait a minute, no, that's a crane because yeah. they panned <laughs> perfectly where you see the long arm coming out, and then at the very end of the scene, you see yeah. there's a hook on the end. Yeah, see, and they saved the hook on the end for the last. It makes you wonder, right? Is like, did they want you to have like? It's like that red letter media quote. You may have not realized it but your brain did like yeah. is that the type of effect that kojima's mm-hmm. trying to have on us right now oh absolutely callbacks? i mean totally after yeah. everything he's said about how people who want more metal gear sequels sh- should you know kind of grow up uh i mean i wouldn't put him pa- put it past him to start messing with the audience like that yeah. and intentionally yeah, be like is it is it? nah it's not I mean, even those little like turret guns, I think it's called a, someone in the comments said it was called a C-RAM. Like, you know, it's like these yeah. little counter rocket things, you know, but it looks like the AI pod, you know, but, you know, that's just Yoji Shinkawa just yes. doing that that thing that he does. And just, you know, it's like putting the uh, those little, God, what are those little vents in the, like, uh, 
snake's gear. You know what I'm talking about? They're like everywhere. And yeah. He's like at his thigh or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those ports or whatever. Izabuchi holes. Yes. But yeah, those, I mean, those have been around for, for freaking ever in yeah. anime and manga. And it's it, just these little vent holes that uh, Yutaka Izabuchi would put in a lot of his designs, specifically mechs, you know, and um, they've just been used in pretty much everything since. Like, like they, they, they mostly you see them in like Gundam and Pat Labor, but then, you know, they're everywhere. Yeah. Even sneaking suits. Indeed. <laughs> I didn't know what they were called, so I'm glad I learned something this year. Speaking of things you got to learn, I, I'm so glad you're on because I got to tell you, I had such a laugh the other day at the Metal Gear wiki. Did you know that <laughs> huh. the bit you guys did for uh, Raiden's unemployment manager? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's an old one. Yes. Derek has an entry on the Metal Gear wiki as a Metal Gear character. This is unemployment officer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it says unemployment. Uh, I would have thought, you know, there was a, he played the lovable character Psycho Turkey, which Hideo said that he very much enjoyed. And I think he alluded, I think he was joking with us, but that he wanted to put him into a game. Um, <laughs> but that was, that was for a different ad. So the Derek's been entered into the wiki as the unemployment officer. That's great. As Raiden's unemployment manager. Yeah, I'm going to post it in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love, gotta love wikis. Uh, being able to be edited by anybody. <laughs> and they took it very seriously. Fabulous. I mean, Hideo's probably been the easiest of all of the like game developer celebrities we get to um, put in our videos over the years. It, it's, it's always a pleasure. And I think he gets our set of, um, or he gets our sensibility and our comic timing. Yeah. Uh, where other game developers maybe don't. Um, some people will just go along with it, you know, like here, Gabe Newell, throw this Beatles wig on. You're in the Beatles with us. Okay. I just, like, I just <clears throat> pictured Kojima sitting with y'all during the Cyberbully stream and just watching and <laughs> taking notes, like saw Cyberbully. <laughs> he gets it. He, he, he just kind of like vibes with our humor. So I, I think that's why we've gone back and, and, and worked with him so many times, but I mean, I got nothing but great things to say. And like, he his staff is always easy in setting that up for us. But, um, yeah, at this point, uh, we haven't seen him for a while. And, uh, now that death stranding two's here, I'm thinking I got to dust off that old costume. <laughs> well, we'll see. We, we didn't see it in the new trailer, so we might be making a whole new thing. I'm going to see one of you guys on some like motorized unicycle thing. Just like, all God. oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something definitely now that now that uh, Louise has grown up, we're gonna have to like step up our game we, with the <laughs> with our acting uh, department. Dude, Rocco with all that shit on his back, just like falling over. <laughs> that was so perfect. Like, I love that. I love that video so much. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of putting that uh, costume together. That's kind of like where I come in with the mm -hmm. crew is like designing and, and putting all that shit together. Yeah. He looks so good. Like, yeah, you did a great job with that, man. Like, Oh, thank you. I always think of myself as a cosplayer. I just don't wear my own costumes. That's what's up. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of new stuff to look at though. In this, uh, in this new trailer, I, I hope we do 
make a video for this because it's always fun to make a sketch based on something that I'm actually familiar with or I'm playing. I mean, it's great. Like we just did a Castlevania video. It's like, oh, I'm so familiar with Castlevania. Like, yeah, we were actually just about to bring that up. Uh, that, that oh, awesome really? Okay, hell yeah. With with Derek, I actually yeah, I watched it today. <laughs> this is fuck, really fucking funny. Uh, Rocco makes a perfect Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. Shut up! Shut the fuck up! We got a home invasion or some shit. Religious nut at the door. Reprising his role, yeah. He is he is our, our resident Count Dracula. Yeah. He looks so good in that long straight hair. I'd love that wig on him. Yeah, and Derek is uh this Belmont's just always a good time. That that mm -hmm. one God, what was that twelve years ago, that, that original video from that? When Lords of Shadow was like out. Yeah, it was yeah. probably that long ago. So did you make that set or was, was that part of something that was already established or in the loss of faith video? Yeah. In the loss of faith video, we came up with the concept and then they hit me like with, um, maybe about a week to build the castle and then the miniature for mm -hmm. the, uh, kind of opening shot. And, um, that was, that was a lot of fun. We have like a pretty big stage inside of our studio that we use for all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, next week here, we're going to be filming our Hanukkah cast on it. So uh, there's going to be a lot of food flying around. And uh, it's always my job to kind of like clean up, build up, or like kind of make presentable our stage area. Mm -hmm. And uh, that week to build was pretty tight, but I had a blast doing it. Because I just knew like the scope and the scale of this, this is going to be like really big for something that we shot inside our soundstage. We mm -hmm. hadn't really built something that it was about, I don't know, about 16 feet tall wow. and maybe like 25 feet across. It took the whole stage because we really wanted to portray it as, as being um, kind of a big set piece since the, the pun and the joke is very um, uh, not simplistic, but the, 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 surrounding environment and the costumes i really wanted to like nail that you saw it and you went like oh that's castlevania like mm -hmm. very obvious yeah especially with the miniature and that was i i put like a week into the set on the stage and then i put maybe three days uh here at the studio to, to try to build that little miniature up and that's just like stuff that was around it's parts <laughs> of other costume pieces and other like i think uh there's two broken hair dryers that make up different spires that's on what Dracula's that is castle. it's a hair dryer i'm looking at yeah. the picture of it right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> and those those hair dryers were the handles for shinji in the ava unit one cockpit oh, it, so it's like i like to recycle and reuse uh, basically like i don't want to spend any money Dude, on that's this amazing so oh, those are the cockpit handle hair dryers that are now repurposed into dracula's castle that's fucking awesome. And then uh, that that's where that's where kind of my special uh, specialty comes in with the boys is like, okay, you got a week to make this. Here you go. All right. Uh, it turned out it turned out really good, man. Was, oh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, looking forward to uh, what's next. And and crossing my fingers that we get to play DS two in twenty twenty three. It is interesting they didn't date it. Yeah, it's probably smart. Yeah, it kind of holds holds them at like hostage to like put it out then, you know. Then, then yeah. if they put out oh. the video, like, hey guys, it's gonna actually be a year from now. But it's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, everybody should, gets yeah. all butt hurt now. It's, it sucks. We should get a pool going. <laughs> Take bets. 
Are we, are we thinking 2023, like end of 2023? Um, I'd put money on I mean, early okay. 2024. Yeah, Q1 2024. Early 2024. Uh, they they do have some of the assets and stuff already, but, you know, it's modern games, man. The time yeah. it takes. It's, it's been like three, what, three years since Death Stranding 1, so. True, but they're working on two things in parallel yeah. that we know of. True. Hopefully yeah. they take their time with it. That's I'd rather I'd rather play it later and it'd be better than them rush it out and it'd be shit. I'm with you. There's been a lot of stuff I've been playing lately where I'm like, oh man, they needed to spend more time on this. This is bad. <laughs> the state of gaming is, is pretty bad with new games right now. I just beat uh the new Call of Duty and like I'm like, this seems to be like the last game on PlayStation 4 that my PS4 can handle. Cause there was just all this like screen tearing and you know, so regular PS4 and oh, pro. No. But it's yeah. just like, it just looked like shit, man. I was like, ah, this this looks bad. Like, there were certain parts of it looked good, but just in the gameplay, there was just a lot of moments where it was just glitching out and showing, like, lens flares where they shouldn't be, like, through walls and stuff. I was just like, what's going on? That's kind of <laughs> funny, because weren't you saying that, like, you played Cyberpunk on a base PS4 yeah. and had, like, no issues? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what's going on, but... I think this is just more like the sign of like, hey, this is really pushing it. I think that might be more of a Call of Duty thing. Didn't they like fire all their testers? I'm sure, yeah. Like it, it didn't seem too great. <laughs> they rushed it. Like they're horrible at optimizing games. Activision Blizzard fucking up their QA. No way. Holy shit. Crazy talk. Unbelievable. Who would have thought? But yeah, I mean, I've been a Call of Duty player for years and they've they've never got their games optimized on release. Hmm. Yeah, I figured it could maybe get a little optimized more, but just for like the PS4 base version, they probably are just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. So, it probably looks better on PC for sure. Okay. I've had this in the back of my head this whole time because this was the bulk of our lost episode. I need to get it off my chest, and it's actually kind of a legitimate question. So um, we're going to go back into some of your old Mega64 content, particularly when you had that interview with Tommy Talrico at his house. First right. of all, what was that house like? Holy fucking shit. Um, and two, do you ever do, like, I, th- I think I'm kind of addressing the elephant in the room here, but was there any, like, pickup? of like that experience of people been asking you about that ever since the Roblox <gasps> video. And for people who don't know what we're talking about, because we have a whole lost episode of this, <laughs> there was a video right. that came out about the origins of the Roblox oof video or the Roblox oof. And me and Apache got obsessed with it. And then we got fingers and nitroid, like kind of obsessed with it. It became a majority of our original episode 80. And then now, like, we're like, oh, shit, we got Garrett. Should we ask him about the house? Like, yeah, like are we going to be okay <laughs> well, to thought, ask him about Tommy? And, like, I'm going to take one for the fucking team. And if we're afraid you- of posting this, then we can just <laughs> cut it out and post. I thought you feared lawsuit from Tommy, and that's why the last episode uh, is the now lost episode. Um, oh, no, we were just, it was just, it was just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> No, I could I could totally talk about the H bomber guy video. Uh, it came out, and I, I I someone told me about it too. I mean, it was all over um, the the. I, I guess he, uh, he's got a very popular YouTube channel, mm-hmm. which I went back and and watched other stuff. And he's an equal opportunity um, uh, investigator because he he trashed uh, the anime Ruby, which I <laughs> happened to be a voice actor in. Oh, no, <laughs> so I I was. <laughs> I was not left off the chopping block, but he's he's out there. He's showing his side of things. 
So after I saw the one uh, about the Roblox oof, I went back and watched the one about Ruby, and I was like, you know what? Homie's got a lot of valid criticism, man. (laughs) I mean, we were all learning how to do stuff that first season. But back to, to, you know, like Tommy and uh, Tommy's house. Like, all I'll say is, like, Tommy Tallarico has been such a, a, like, cool and welcoming person in the games industry when mega 64 was starting when we really didn't have anyone giving us any advice or giving us any opportunities to do things like uh show interstitial videos at the um uh, 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 the GDC, the Game Developers Conference that mm-hmm. we used to do every mm-hmm. year. I believe he might directly be one of the people who pitched our our stuff to them. And, and then we worked for the next like 10 years making content for that uh, award show in San Francisco. Um, also, you know, he, he starred in several uh, 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 videos that we produced and we even made a, um, a DVD release of the Gamer Wars uh, that are all filmed in that house, the house that uh, <laughs> Holy that shit. is featured. It's featured heavily in the uh, oof explanation video. Tommy's house is wild. It is absolutely everything you see in those videos. And um, I've been in that thing like uh, you know a dozen times and hung out. And he hosts. He's hosted awesome barbecues for a lot of game uh, industry people and students that he would always have come and kind of get to know other industry veterans and we would be there getting to know other industry people. Um, it's a wild house. Did y'all eat in the Egypt room? I have eaten in the, in the very, uh, gaudy (laughs) Egypt room. That's Um, awesome. (laughs) We've, we've cooked burgers in the backyard. Now he's a vegan. So of course he didn't have any burgers, but, uh, we no, we've Tommy's like an eccentric guy, but he's always been, super nice and like super influential in like i think our rise uh in the early years of mega 64 now i won't speak for any of the other guys but like i was kind of like really sad when i watched the h-bomber guy video yeah um I, I, that's, you know, that's the thing is there's this like dichotomy it was a between like my childhood yeah and like watching Electric Playground and like yeah. all the stuff that I'm hearing now, like it makes you got a question, you know. Because Tommy's been nothing but super nice to us. It really was like a, a letdown. Yeah, it, 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 it's. Yeah, I just remember him as like the super eccentric guy on like Electric Playground. It's so much like, um, you know, when we were hanging out with Tommy, when we're chilling with him and filming like the three Gamer Wars videos that we've done over the years, like we're we're in his house just with him coming up with concepts and shooting the stuff on the fly like all day. I mean, these were like long eight, nine hour days most of the time. And you really get to know a guy and you're hanging out and it's like, yeah, Tommy has a kind of a braggadocious nature to him. Mm-hmm. And we always came away with that in our relationships. Like, yeah, yeah, Tommy. Yeah. Who knows if that's whatever, you know, but kind of that just like he's, he's a little bit of a bullshitter, but it's like, but yeah. it's fine. Like that's just part but of his it's thing. Fine. But it's like, there's no consequence. It makes him feel kind of like valid. And you're like, okay, yeah, this is the guy yeah. that kind of exaggerates the truth a little bit, but it's, it's not hurting anybody. So fuck it. Everybody knows it, that but, guy. Like, yeah. I know right. 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 And it's harmless. And, um, but we hadn't really worked and seen, you know, I haven't seen Tommy in years. And mm-hmm. it seems like in the last few years, that's when maybe like some of the braggadocious claims got a little out of, cause like I had heard about 
a few of the um, uh, Guinness Book of World Records holdings that he had. But I've also always known, well, Guinness is a pay-to-play format. Yeah. Guinness is, Guinness, I, I, I learned very, right before I watched the video, before, you know, H- uh, H-Bomber explained it, was that Guinness, I mean, Guinness is from Guinness the Beer, and the idea yeah. is that they have these books at these bars to facilitate conversations so you can drink more Guinness. So, you know, that was weirdly enough already kind of like invalidated like which before then in hindsight it is very very funny that metal gear has been awarded several guinness records yeah kojima definitely (laughs) reached out was like hey about that long cut scene uh yeah we're gonna have to uh get that logged (laughs) so someone at konami had to pay for that yeah you know and and if it gives you uh like leverage in marketing your next project because you can impress investors with guinness world records is there a problem with that's, that that's I, I don't think that's so that's kind of where i kind of see it with that and kind of with gang because it's like you can say like yeah. award-winning soundtrack or something like that um which is funny because yeah. kojima there's speaking of kojima there's a picture of kojima that he tweeted or somebody tweeted of kojima where he's like in front of a bunch of gang awards and we put it on the i group saw that like, that's gang! That's gang! <laughs> it comes full circle god damn it <laughs> oh no Three of them say 2014 on them. It's the same award. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like um, we're 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 curious. Like, where where does this go? Like, uh, do we? I, I would love to get Tommy involved in making another Gamer Wars video. It's been a couple years. He's always wanted to do it. I know he's got his hands full right now. But um, when the dust settles, I think. Maybe you haven't seen the last of Tommy Talarico. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I think Tommy's coming back for sure, hundred uh, percent. If there's ever a guy that's gonna, yeah, this might knock him down for a little bit, but he'll, yeah, he'll just come back and. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, there was the whole like Amico thing that happened this year. I you think know. I was gonna say. I think the thing, like Garrett, you had mentioned, like there must have been some factor that kind of shifted the paradigm a bit. And I think Amico, that was kind of the thing, the pressure to have that ROI. Yeah. I can't imagine taking off a project that massive. I mean, all the stuff that he went and did before that was successful. I mean, I've been to like several video games live shows and they were fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. They were rad concerts. You know, uh, maybe he shouldn't have written that it was the biggest attended venue in you know, what was it, China of that year? And, yeah. But it was, it, there was no need to embellish stuff because it was still like the largest thing mm-hmm. of its kind doing like across franchises and consoles. It was all of video games encompassed into a symphonic concert. Like now, you know, that's already a huge undertaking that he pulled off uh, swimmingly and then to go to like okay I'm going to be the CEO of a company we're going to put a new console out Tommy since I've known him has been obsessed with old video game stuff because it's what he grew up with and I've been in his living room playing the original in television and like he's got one of Ralph Bayer's brown boxes and he's got like old clicky like gamey uh, 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 like uh, these things are like relics almost now, you know, there's mm-hmm. only several in existence and he has these. So it seemed like such a perfect fit. Like, oh my God, he basically bought in television and now he's going to do with it what he wants to like, this could be really interesting. Now I haven't really caught up and followed it, uh, throughout its, its troubles of being, you know, crowdfunded, 
And the H bomber guy video certainly had like all kinds of allegations. You know, I, I don't know what's true and what's not. And this is where like, yo, I, I, I'm, I'm out of it. Uh, as far like Tommy's like a friend and like, I hope the Intellivision thing works out, but I feel like, God, that's a lot of weight on your shoulders. I mean, just yeah. developing yeah. a console, just developing such an advanced complex product in general is just like you said, so much weight on your shoulders. I'm just blown away that he has a brown box. Yeah. I was blown away. I got to fucking touch it. Like, you, you sure I can hold it? Oh, my God. That's dope. <laughs> There's only, museums. like, what, four of those? Yeah, not a lot. Yeah. yeah, they've got one in the in the American Natural History Museum, and that's the only one I know where one of them is. So that's kind of insane. But for real, like, as an industry figure, like, Tommy's been collecting and, like, involved in this shit since the early 90s. Um and has maintained. I was just gonna say, I always looked at him as like like a like a John Romero type, but for music. Yes. Like there's there's this sort of this like attitude in the '90s and early 2000s of being like this sort of rock star persona, um, you know, and and I almost kind of put it in the same vibes as us trying to like in the in the 2000s mid 2000s trying to get video games accepted as a medium of art. Well, in the 90s, we sort of had this concept evolving of, like, developers and creators in the industry being, like, rock stars. Um, and I feel like Tommy right. was, like, a, a byproduct of that. Yeah, he's, like, the proto for, like, your Cliff Blazinski, you know? The rock star <laughs> game developer. It's like, uh, you, you, you look at Tommy, he's the blueprint. I think it's true what you said before. Like he doesn't need to tell tall tales. What the things he's mm -hmm. actually done are pretty fucking cool already. Like you don't you don't need to totally make stuff up. Just say what you've actually done. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out. I'm 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 curious if there will be more, or what the eventual uh, fate of Intellivision will be. I'll be waiting with bated breath. Yeah, you hear these, you know, stories about people. You know, sometimes you'll you'll watch a two-hour documentary that only has negative things to say about someone, and then you'll hear someone go, "Well, shit, he never did anything wrong to me." You know, it's like, "Well, shit." Like, exactly. I've, I've had that exact thing. Well, that's the internet. Yeah, I've had that exact thing with so many friends and people before, where it's just like, "Well, damn, dude, he never did anything wrong with me," but that sucks to hear about right. that. Like, <laughs> well, hey, so. do you remember a few months ago with uh, Bayonetta's voice actress was yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. calling for the outright like boycott of Bayonetta mm -hmm. three and, and people kind of jumped onto her side and were like, yeah, including us, man. We all, yeah. Kind of rode that first emotional wave of it. Like <laughs> exactly. <Except> Nitroid. <laughs> and, and, and we we were sitting there like, hey, we worked with Hideki Kamiya and Platinum, and they were the kindest. And I mean, I already said this about Hideo, but yeah. Kamiya, I will say, takes second place as being like so open to our suggestions, so cool with letting the guys film inside the Platinum studio. And then when he was in the U.S., uh, he came, Kamiya and two other Platinum employees, like, came onto our stage and did our panel at PAX East for s this stupid bit that was like an extension of that uh, that video that we made where Kamiya blocks oh, yeah. you. Like, he has such a good <laughs> he has such a good sense of humor that he m let us make a whole sketch about him blocking people <laughs> on Twitter, and then to hear you know the voice actresses kind of. Uh, issues like they were they were valid issues, but she was also calling for the boycott and saying that Platinum and 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 
Camilla were kind of like practicing bad business. And we're sitting there going like, man, we had a great time. We were paid well and on time and everything was fine. I actually, I don't even think that was a paid video or whatever, but everything that they were saying in that first week was like, we've had the opposite experience working yeah. with platinum studios. Mm -hmm. And then it all came out about two weeks later that like, uh, she was kind of stretching the truth about how she was offered money and everything else. So I think the truth always, it always comes yeah. to light. So yeah, I'm happy to just tell you like Mr. Tallarico, as I say, Mr. Tallarico, uh, cause I got respect for my homie. <laughs> he, he's been nothing but great, uh, friends and allies with mega 64 over the years. That's good to hear. But, um, I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see where this goes. I was just thinking about how I've grown as a person from this conversation. Honestly, it was very, very enriching, to be honest. <laughs> I'm glad I could lend some. It's not an awkward <laughs> silence. It's a moment to reflect. <laughs> right. We're just thinking about video games. I'm just thinking about how, uh, I can't remember if it was you, Garrett, or, or Days that made the comment about how, you know, these old games you know and the musicians who worked on them were kind of like rock stars and all i can think of is like a lot of those older pc games genuinely had rock stars making music for them i mean you had like skinny puppy and and typo negative and nine inch nails doing music for like yes. Descent and quake Shit, and all even these things David bowie was doing music for david cage right like, Fuck yeah, like genuine that. rock stars doing this stuff and like that formed a lot of my taste in music over the years Oh, totally. Yeah. Those early PC games, it's funny because it's all the industrial bands that I love. Yeah, right? exactly. Nails and Skinny Puppy. And like that being the kind of like archetype for like, okay, this this niche PC game thing, we're going to use this niche electronic music. Yeah. Right? Like Descent yeah. got me into typo negative and like I've never looked back. That was one thing that drew me to Tommy. I remember hearing back in the day that piece of trivia that like he didn't really do a lot of stuff with like as far as like reading sheet music or knowing a lot about music theory he just kind of like wrote shit and just like jammed out and like whatever came out was just kind of by ear right so that was that was one part like as a musician that kind of like watching that whole h-bomber guy video I was like oh <laughs> like i used to look up to this guy i was kind of like all right cool you don't need all that music theory and all that bullshit you know you can just write stuff and i mean you know. and, and to that point like you know even in a scenario where like okay let's just say like you know, all these transgressions are completely true. Like it still doesn't at the end of the day, doesn't necessarily diminish his talent. Like he still did like the Earthworm Jim soundtrack. He still, oh, yeah. you know, had all these accomplishments in the 2000s. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting situation altogether. Yeah, it definitely is. Is it okay if I bring back up the Death Stranding 2 trailer? Like, we keep jumping around. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, it's cool. Go for it. I'm, a, I'm good to jump around. Yeah. That is why we're here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Like, what could he have possibly... So, with, with the whole thing about, like, I'm trying not to predict the future. Was this something that, like, he wrote it, already predicted it, and was like, fuck, I need to go back to the drawing board? Or what does it... Was it more like, uh... Okay, I need to write nice things now. Hmm. Yeah, that does stick out in my head where him and Jeff were talking afterwards and he said that yeah, he he doesn't want to <laughs> forecast too many more uh, you know, natural uh, pandemic and uh <laughs> I'm wondering like the process of it world all. destroying disaster. Yeah, I mean <laughs> 
Is that just tongue in cheek or is it real? The drawbridge side of things makes me think he's like talking about like isolationism and stuff like that, or just like, you know, there's going to be like multiple countries in this maybe. I, like, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's exactly what the theme here is. Uh, I mean, the name of the ship is Magellan, so. Yeah. I mean, that's. Oh, interesting. There's some globe trotting going on. I mean, look, think think of it like this. And and I want to hear him talk about this someday. I, I hope s- someday he at least talks about it a little bit. But we've, we've talked about it before, but when Metal Gear Solid 2 came out, it wasn't really received all that well. And, you know, fast forward to today, and you're hard-pressed to find anybody who doesn't think that game is is not only amazing, but downright prophetic. Right. So what must that be like for him? Mm. You know, what what has his experience been watching that transition from what were you doing with this sequel to, oh my God, you predicted the future. And now it's sort of echoing again with the pandemic. Like on a personal level, I wonder how he feels about all that. What do you mean? Does he look at himself in the mirror and think, I am Nostradamus? Or do you think it's kind of like... (laughs) You know, Quasimodo predicted all this. Who did what? All these problems, the Middle East, the end of the world. Nostradamus. Quasimodo's the hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Probably not, but you've got to think that, like, the fact that he's writing all of this fiction that sort of had its thumb on the pulse of where things were going, uh, it's got to hit different, you know? Yeah, totally. I wonder if he's, like, steadfast in his resolve of, like, eh... They might not like it at first, but once they really see what I was going for and what I was doing, I I feel like maybe he's more uh, comfortable in breaking uh, tradition. Like, everyone kind of shit on Death Stranding. uh, I'll use the term normies again, but like when Death Stranding came out, it's like, oh, walking sim? I don't want to play that. Yeah. Yeah. The worst criticism. It's like, ah. Yeah. So much more and so much... Uh, deeper when you start learning about the story and the lore for me his games are so interesting um i mean i love the mecha design that shinkawa kind of lends but also the lore is so out there and bonkers and i'm here for it so uh, you know i think maybe now he's had a couple of those games where it's like kind of got panned in the beginning but turned out to be a like classic you know uh, I, I think maybe he's a little more comfortable in his skin going like, eh, they might not get it at first, but I'm not going to let that bother me. <laughs> it's like that, uh, that back to the future. Back to meme. The future. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. Yes. Okay, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. But your kids are going to love it. <laughs> it's funny. He mentions this specifically on the latest brain structure. He talks about how like there's a it, I think he says something like it takes three to five years for a game to sort of get the proper reception and to really sort of uh, I think how Jeff put it was like marinate was the word he yeah. used, he used which, which I think is kind of right. You know, it's got to take some time for everybody to like sort that, of. Yeah. That word in that context. And I definitely think that's going to be the case for for the Phantom Pain. Uh, yeah, might take a little longer, but you know, give it time. I don't, I don't think the Phantom Pain is going to be as revered as Two was in the long run, but I do think it will be history will favorite a lot more than it than it was in release. Yeah, people forgot about Survive already, and I think they're getting 
nostalgia wave of like, oh yeah, the opening to Phantom Pain. Fuck, I want to play that again. And they pop it back in. I think that's what it is. It's like that three, four, five year mark where it's got its game of the year release and you go back to it a second time. That's where you really yeah. go like, oh fuck, this was good. This was so good. I will say after seeing the the DS2 trailer, it has made me like want to go back to like I've been yep. saying like ah, I'm not gonna play Death Stranding again, but I'm like I'm looking at that director's cut now, like all right, I might Dude. I might have to go back and I, I got yep. I have a PS5 controller that I like never Plug use. That PS5 controller. And I was gonna say I'm gonna see what this, this dual sense is all about. Yep. I'm the same way. So I like the racing. See, I haven't done any of the director's cut missions. I haven't done any of the cyberpunk add-ons. Like, I beat the game on PS4 and I put it down. And I was kind of yeah. waiting. And and now that the hype is kind of here again, although we might have to wait two years for the game, I'm yeah. definitely in the same mode fingers where I'm like, ooh, ooh, I never, I never played my director's cut stuff. Yeah. I I paid back. the five bucks to put it on PS5 and get that free update or whatever. It was <laughs> yeah. five bucks, but but I haven't I have never even started it up. Like I think maybe now's the time. This is where what Apache says kind of kind of resonates with me because looking at all of the things they tried to add into the director's cut, there's a lot of creative ideas there with like the the racing and the VR missions and the stealth missions and all and all the new equipment and and like he said, you know, the second time around, what are they going to do? Uh, I, I know I keep coming back to the, to the latest brain structure episode, but he was saying like, he was thinking of, of what they could do in a sequel while they were developing the first one. And I mean, like that's kind of what he's always done, but um, it's again, something we've said before, but this team sort of has a, a, a tendency to really nail it the second time around with an idea. Absolutely. Yep. You know, yeah. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's Metal Gear Solid 2 or Metal Gear Online 2 or Zone of the Enders 2 or Peace Walker compared to Portable Ops. It's always that second time around when they've done their experiment and they're like, OK, now we get the mistakes. Now we know how to make it better. Now we yep. can really see where we can take this. I like a, a, a really great example that I wish more people would give a chance uh, is Metal Gear Acid 2. The first game yeah. is just ridiculously confusing. Uh, but the second one is incredible. But nobody bought it because they were kind of put off by the first one and they missed something that was just you know, just amazing yeah. from from start to finish. And uh, so with Death Stranding 2, I think a lot of the gripes that people have are not going to be an issue. Really curious. He's never going to do another game and it'll just be more of the same thing. There's no way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that would be my biggest prediction. I definitely want to get it on record. I bet Death Stranding 2 is insanely good even if you didn't like the first one I, I i this is my guess if i could put a bet on it i would that this game's really gonna bang zero walking <laughs> <laughs> hey it's a running simulator the best part about that is people fucked around and said oh it's a walking simulator but you know what in some ways it is like the way that they the detail that they put in the walking is is like like we said that term gran turismo level it's the like, gran turismo of walking it's the gran turismo of walking and i mean that in like the best way possible yeah customize your boots i mean what's the joke it's like if you threw a hundred million dollars at quap yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I had a great time. Yeah, I love that game. After a few hours, you start developing vehicles, and then you don't have to walk in that game. And once the director's cut yes. stuff came yeah. out, there was like, oh my God, more and more improvements to kind of speed up what people thought. So I, I almost think like with the director's cut improvements, he's already refining the 
problems the first launch game had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. as a new game plus or like a second playthrough, like you'll have just these options that are like, oh, good, I can just springboard out yeah. of here or pogo stick out of here or whatever they added to it. I didn't see. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally with you, Apache. Like this cannot be, he never makes the same game again. And, and it will have all the quality of life improvements that you wanted from the first one. And if you're a new player, you're going to be stoked because they've had that practice to like refine it with the first game. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the biggest improvement I would like over the first one is just the 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 boss fights to be more interesting and more going on in them. And if it's got that, I'm I'm really excited. I mean, the story stuff already nails it. Cutscenes look amazing. I'm sure they're going to look even better for the second one. Yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely excited. I'm way way more excited than I was about the first game. Yeah, we need like more like trick boss fights, like something where it's like a puzzle or something weird you got to do. A lot of them were just like, shoot the thing. Like, <laughs> I have this weird theory about that, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about like he hasn't really had time to breathe with his games because he's always had to start fresh. And one mm. observation I have made is that like, you know, there have been times where, you know, it, it does feel like his recent games, like my one major criticism with them is that bosses do feel like you know shootathons, like bullet sponges sometimes yeah phantom pain even yeah and i think part of that is because you know they just haven't had the resources to develop like bosses like they used to so i'd like to believe that you know with the assets and resources and time they have now to design that you know we'll see more of those trick bosses like you said fingers mm-hmm yeah, that's really what like made a lot of the metal gear bosses really like fun it's just like oh this isn't a normal thing that i have to do i gotta figure this guy out shit <laughs> yeah how unique each of them are we've been chasing that psycho man is high since the 90s <laughs> <laughs> i never really thought about that that the bosses are kind of lacking that unique feeling in death stranding i really really enjoyed fighting bts i love scaling the buildings i loved getting help from like the naked rita strands throwing me supplies and stuff like going in yeah. with nothing and just getting it from help but yeah, it felt very samey. Like, I don't yeah. know, it didn't have the same vibes or the same like memorability as like Psycho Mantis, for example. Totally. That whale thing and just like shooting grenade launchers after yeah. grenade launcher. I just been like, uh, all right, I guess that did it. Yeah. <laughs> I just like <laughs> yeah. I had enough. Well, the most unique boss in the game was was probably Higgs. And even yeah. that sort of had the same structure as the last boss in Metal Gear Solid 4 where it just kind of turns into Street Fighter for 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it kind of meant to be? Yeah, I was about to say, I actually kind of loved that. And I can't, I, mean, I yeah, really it was hope fun. I can do it again. Beat his ass with a fucking PlayStation <laughs> again. Right, throw, just <laughs> throw a PS1 in his face. That, that Higgs fight is that, that was like meant to be an easier final boss to tell a story in a way I've heard. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I could buy that. I always thought it was like an homage to like <laughs> this to the is a fist Kojima game. It has oh, okay. to have two fist fight or two guys yeah. fist fighting. <laughs> yeah. Was it like actually difficult on very hard mode or something maybe? Like, you know, just like kind of extreme mode for, you know, some of the fist fights and that you play in Metal Gear where it's like, oh shit, that's actually that's kind of a hard fight. Like if you played on a harder difficulty. I never got there. I could not play. I was going to say, I never played it on that hard difficulty, but. Yeah. I beat it on normal. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it it just with the systems in the game, the the fights didn't really have anywhere to go to to differentiate. I mean, even if you put the the difficulty up, it, that's not what the issue is. It's like 
I have very complicated feelings about the Death Stranding. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it's the bit I dislike the most. Like, it's the bit that really puts me off the game. It is kind of... It, it, it's, it almost feels like copy and pasted. Yeah. Like, like it, it... I mean, maybe they thought they would get the differences from the environments, but you never really felt it. It was really cool how they executed this, and like if you looked at it as a system, it was like, oh, okay, it just happens here in this one part of the map, so that's why they can do it. But the the whole void out system, like if you fucked up in a boss fight and lose, and it's just like, oh, yes. okay, well here's this what big crater right here now that you can't go back in now, and the world the world map has changed. It was like that was really cool. I'm gonna be frank, I saved scum for those, but I thought it was cool nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think. I didn't get very many void outs on my first gameplay, or on my on my first playthrough. I had him trip over one small rock one time, and he just like fell over, and then the thing ate him, and I was like, "Oh, damn it!" And then it just happened, and I was like, "Well, we'll just keep going." I didn't get one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. And I'm not good at games. I just didn't get one. I got one, uh, and then I I saved scummed. I think I have the clip. Like if you see him fall over this rock, it's it's so pathetic. It's like the small little rocks that cracks him his up, skull and he just goes like, oh, and just falls over. <laughs> and then this thing, no. just that little like this first little dolphin guy, just comes on and just pulls him up. And I was like, oh <clears throat> damn it. Yeah, void outs in the first game. Now that I'm remembering, were such a looming crisis like oh my god i can't let this happen and then i went yeah. through and i i i'm with you nitroid i did not get one and i'm not great at games i played on normal but i somehow avoided all void outs and it wasn't till watching friends play like holy shit it makes a crater there if you yeah. oh my god <laughs> and and the strand gameplay i don't think was implemented that well like i didn't die and i didn't get to float underwater so i didn't get a lot of the items that you get when that happens mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully in this new game that is like more of a thing um i don't know how you do that if 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 someone is not dying and doesn't get that that type of gameplay mm -hmm. like i wonder if they can procedurally cause the character to die on purpose in certain areas. And I think that happens once, like in the beginning of the game, but yeah. then it never really happened for me again in Death Stranding. I would kind of like to see them simplify the UI a bit. Yeah. Which is not to say the UI is complicated necessarily. It's just... It was a lot. Like, you had to deal with a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not that it's difficult. It's just that it's really tedious and time-consuming, and there's so much going on. There's, like, a million things, and it's not hard to get your head around. It's just there's so much of it. So if they could, like, yeah. whittle that down to about half, you know? Yeah. Distill it down to the stuff that worked well, the stuff that the fan base liked, and then yeah, push that forward into a new way. Like if it's more than Snake Eater, you should probably chill out a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, even Snake Eater was like you got mired in the menus so much that yeah. it sort of broke up the pacing of the game, and 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 that's where like the Phantom Pain really shined is that it sort of cut all that out for the most part. Yeah, at least while you're playing. I think Survive actually had one of the better UIs, like as far as like just applying shit in the field and just like being really active and not breaking up the gameplay like that. They did a good job on that. You're gonna get a hate letter now. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll actually give that. I'll, I'll actually give that to survive as well. No up fingers. I, I fully agree with you. I fully okay. agree with you. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of thing that just needs Voted more time. Voted one in the oven, on right? Apple Podcasts. This joke <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs>
<laughs> You've got a veritable cast of survive. I feel like like the little like the little kid, and then Apache like backing me up on this gameplay bit. Like it's like actually no, it's a good thing right there. I'm like fuck yeah, come on. <laughs> what if we I'll... did get Matthew Mercer just to talk about survive for like two hours, I'd fucking do it. I'll defend survive to the day I die, man. I had so I was not ready to leave the Fox engine when Phantom Pain yeah, was over. Me too, man. And I was so hungry for more. I even thought about buying that soccer game they used it in. But uh, I was, I was, I was just pleased that it's like okay, like there's just more in the Fox Engine. Like, yeah, I am fucking it, stoked. Yeah, I, I really did. But it, 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 it did improve everything because there was no pausing and there was the horde always coming at you, so you had to be able to switch your weapons around mm -hmm. and craft and everything else. Um, yeah, I mean, fluid, fantastic gameplay, not for Metal Gear fans. <laughs> and a curious amount of crossover with Death Stranding mechanically when you think about it. Yo, do you remember all of the stuff people were breaking down in that game? Like, look at in the sky, there's a shadow that looks like a BT and there's strands. Go like, People were going Kojima-level dissection on that, and he's not even involved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that did have a lot of Death Stranding kind of like similarities. Hmm. I like that it explained the whole like wandering soldier bit too. Cause the whole time I was playing yeah. the Phantom Pain, I was like, what the fuck's wrong with those guys? Like, and, and the whole like wormhole thing, like that didn't make sense. So it was like, okay, cool. At least, okay, that's, that's what's going on there. Good. Like, it wasn't just this open thread that was like, well, what about those wormhole Fultons that you could do? Like, what the fuck was yeah. up with that? Like, <laughs> nope. Just good old fashioned brain damage. Yeah. It's, it's definitely. Konami like retconning all this technology that they just wanted to use in the new game but I, I did appreciate they built that story around it and yeah uh, and those mothering those wandering mother base guys mm -hmm. yeah no wonder they were fucked up mm -hmm. uh, what, what I do think is funny is when when uh, new people get their hands on an IP and take it in a different direction, people always complain about it ruining the canon. And they're always like, why didn't, why didn't they just set it somewhere else if they want to do their own story? Why did they have to mess with the continuity? And Survive literally did that, and everyone yeah. still complains. So it just it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. Survive retcons itself. <laughs> it literally ends that way, too. Yeah, it's, it's like, no, th this didn't even happen, so don't worry about it. It's like, oh, okay. Gamers are never happy. Yeah. It's, just, it's just my perfect example that I always point to whenever that gets brought up to like shit on something. It's like, it doesn't matter. Even if they did that, it wouldn't matter. You would still complain. <laughs> yeah. I do want to bring up one thing that's uh, worth complaining about. I saw uh, you were playing uh, Peace Walker a, a while back. Oh, yeah, for Metal Gear Summer. Yeah, you were playing the, uh, you are going through and you had like 7% and Rocco was just in the background just fucking losing it laughing at like, yeah. you were like, all right, how much more do we got? And it was like, oh, 7%? What the fuck? Ah, uh, 7%? Bruh, does that have to get to fucking, <laughs> to 100 to build the second one? It's <laughs> 7% right now. <laughs> That's not long enough. 7% is like... <laughs> I, like, That's like I, re nowhere. I really don't even know. Like, I, don't I don't know either. how to make that go faster. I know. <laughs> <laughs> on my game stream, uh, the poorly played stream, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific on Mega64 podcast on Twitch, uh, every Wednesday we stream, uh, my co-host Brian and I, but 
in the summer, we always do Metal Gear Summer, and in uh, for Halloween, we always play, like, it used to be Resident Evil, but now we've gone through all of them, so we're playing Silent Hill. So right now, I'm in my playthrough of Silent Hill 3, and I have till the end of uh, this year. I got till New Year's. But uh, yeah, this summer, we were playing Peace Walker, and I started at the beginning of summer, and I had until uh, technically the end of summer to finish which should be you know i stream once a week i think i could do that and i i had remembered like kind of whipping because it's a portable like i whipped through peace walker yeah that end game grind that like whole end game grind is just like fuck (laughs) i forgot about the zadarnov missions and then uh, you know we're sitting we're sitting here in the last like two weeks of summer and it's like oh no i have to find zadarnov but i don't trigger those four different missions until I do like, yeah, like 14 other side missions in between them, just grinding and grinding. I had forgotten all about that. You got to farm all uh, those Zeke parts too. And shit. Oh, that's like, what oh. it was. <laughs> we were just, far- we were trying to get like AI parts or head parts for the fucking yeah. Zeke build. And then it unlocks the fourth Zadarnov hide and seek. What a pain in the ass, but we got through it. We barely did um, much, to uh, Rocco's chagrin. Uh, he, he, he gets a kick out of me under pressure when I'm trying to finish something. I'm a little out of the loop. Um, is this your first time through Silent Hill 3? Or, or wait, you've played it before, right? No, so uh, this 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 playthrough of Silent Hill 3 is actually my first time. I had loved 1 and 2, but I had never played 3. Um, so this is actually the first time I'm playing through it. So what do you think? And I gotta say, uh, yeah, I am not I think I made the right uh, decision back then. Like, I I love the first two games, but Silent Hill 3, it's... There's more, but I don't think it's for the better. It's like, there's so many more weapons. Yes. There's... the, The weapon combat system is still, like, so hard and so slow and so janky. But now there's, like, twice as many weapons to not be able to swing properly <laughs> or reload or you know it, it 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 was simplified in one and two it's like okay like i get the limitations here um but it created this atmosphere and everything else and then i think like with silent hill 3 they're trying to expand the story out i love that it calls back to the story because heather is the daughter of the uh the first game's character right Right. Yeah. So it, it's cool that it like calls back and you actually go back to some places in Silent Hill 3. That was, or in, in, in Silent Hill 3, you go back to some places from the first Silent Hill game. Uh, and I thought that was a really cool thing because I hadn't seen that franchise do that. But on the other hand, too, it's like, I mean, the stories are always so disconnected. This one, like, is just too hard to follow. And then at certain times, they like sum up the stories of the first two games. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that's what. It, that's what it was. I was tr- trying yeah. to kill God, and there was an embryo, and oh my God, bro! As long as you didn't make it about circumcision, Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah. Geez. Oh, what ending is that? I didn't get it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's that game had a really interesting sort of development history, and I won't go too deep into it, but it it sort of suffices to say that they wanted to go one direction, and then sort of ended up going in a different one, and the result yeah. is that it sort of tries to split the difference between the approaches of the first and second game where it's trying to be sort of like about the story, but also metaphorical at the same time. And it's just getting kind of muddled, you know? 
Yeah. Because there's a there's a lot of sort of symbolism throughout the game that doesn't really pay off. Uh, and as you as you sort of read the developer uh, interviews about it, you, you sort of get the impression of where they might have have gone with it. But um, it's it's an interesting game. Yeah, I don't know where all this cult stuff is going. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I won't I won't say too much more since you're playing it. <laughs> but um, it's I mean, visually, it's amazing. But yeah. You think you'll you'll uh, try four after this? I don't think we're gonna do the room next year. I think we've already vetoed Silent Hill for the room. I will say this. I will say this. It is worth at least trying. It's like the Majora's Mask of Silent Hill games. Oh, I would. That's not good. I would though. love to see your take on this. Whether that whether you like it or not. If you don't like Majora's Mask, then yeah, that might not be an endorsement. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I really have to see how you feel about this game now. I, I That's not an endorsement at all for me personally, but I like the game. That's not an endorsement. I just I'm really curious now. The room. Yeah. OK, well, one of these days I'll definitely get to it. You guys uh, specifically talking about giving Silent Hill Shattered Memories another go. You guys went in on a previous episode. I was probably a year ago at this point, but you guys talked about the the system in shattered memories which will change depending on how you play the game that back end knowledge made me so much more interested in that one and i had always skipped that so at a at a con like last summer i found a copy on uh <gasps> nice. on the wii i think that's on the wii oh that's the best one to play yeah. And I picked it up. I picked it up because of your podcast. So I'm waiting. Maybe next year we'll do that or we might jump back it, to Resident Evil. I don't know. I'm so flattered by that. That's awesome. That is awesome. If I can make one recommendation. Yeah. Try to pretend like it's not a Silent Hill game. <laughs> oh, really? Shattered Memories. It, yes, it is. I mean, it, in a sense, it is very reminiscent of the ethos of Silent Hill 2 in a way that doesn't feel like they're just trying to 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 copy it. Okay. But it is not a traditional survival horror game. It is a very unique uh experience. Interesting. So just sort of take it on its own merits. Well, I definitely yeah, I I'm definitely looking forward to getting that's in my backlog uh, along with uh a ton of other stuff. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to that before I probably visit the room. Um but, you know, next year, I think I'd like to go back to Resident Evil because, you know, I never played any of these remakes on stream. You know, I played them at home, but, you know, I've streamed completion of like all the Resident Evils up to, uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and then the seven or six and seven. God, I forgot. Six is, ugh. I only did the Leon campaign <laughs> in six. Um, <laughs> so technically yeah, we have some either. more to, we have some more to go back and beat there, but but, uh, I, you know, I would love to do remake, uh, remake of two and three, which are kind of newer games at this point. And then like village now has that third person mode. I kind of wanted to do that this year. Cause I feel like I could do that in one sitting, but there I am biting off more than I can chew since I have till the end of this year, basically, I'm gonna have to fit some extra streams in there to finish silent Hill three. Cause I looked at my progress and it's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm last week. I was at halfway and I have three weeks left. I don't pacing always did kind of feel i know we're done with like criticizing it but the pacing did always feel kind of bloated in like in three i don't know oh yeah you don't even yeah. start in silent hill you're like you're like at the mall uh, you're in a music park and then you go to a mall which uh, oh my god the japanese design oh, you're gonna love four 
the the Japanese design of what an American mall is is so hilarious. It's bread. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> There's the tiniest storefront. I mean, they're all Japanese shops and storefronts and displays, and even the signage of stuff is like, this is not a store in an American mall at all. So can I tell you a crazy piece of trivia about Silent Hill 3 sure. in that mall? Yeah. There's a bookstore in that mall. Oh, I was going to say this. Damn it. Do you want to say it? I, I can let you say it if you want to say it. Okay. Yeah. If you go to the bookstore, there's a bunch of low poly magazines, but one of them just happens to have a low poly scan of like Norman Reedus from the late 90s, like circle like modeling and boondock saints. Whoa. It's, it's yeah, from yeah. gossip. Like Blade 2. Yeah, it's from the movie Gossip. So he's like there with like Kate. I think it's like Lena Headey and and James Marston. Dude, how telling! And it's like the three of them on the cover. I wonder if Kojima knew that when casting him in PT. That's uh, a lot of people. They take that factoid and they run with it. I bet they do. There is a weird amount of serendipity surrounding Kojima games. Yeah, just bizarre how sometimes things line up like that. I think there's a a lot of broken clock is uh, right twice a day kind of stuff. Yeah. And eventually, one of these games journalists is going to be right about a Metal Gear remake. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> eventually. Can't, can't wait. Can't yeah, wait eventually. And, and they're going to be like, we knew it the whole time. We told you. You didn't after know shit. 20 years of saying the same thing. I love how frustrated you guys get over the Metal Gear remake rumors. And it's just, it is sad because when it does happen, yeah, it's like Oh yeah, there was uh, I mean there was one for the Game Awards and Yep. I'm not oh, yeah. in retrospect, you know, some of it might have been trolling, but like my god. And then people it gets to the point where like you make fun of it and then people on Twitter who don't know you think that you making fun of it is actually you saying that you're wanting like thinking that the remake remake rumors were happening, which is fucking hilarious, but it's just kind of the ecosystem of Metal Gear nowadays, I guess. It's too soon. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever heard my opinions on remakes or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us again. I, I think I have. <laughs> Jeez. I've been here at the Mega 64 studio all day, but we've been going over uh I've been stuck in meetings all day because we're we're planning out our big uh Hanukkah cast mm -hmm. is this next upcoming upcoming weekend. We we do a, a Christmas cast every year. And uh in light of all the uh nonsense online, we're uh we're changing it up this year and we're having a Hanukkah cast with all kosher food items mm. and holiday related cheer. Uh, it's, it's a new spin on our Christmas cast, uh, and yeah, we're very excited and that's, that's been my whole day is getting ready for this, uh, next Sunday. Nice. It might've already happened by the time y'all listen to this. Cause, uh, I don't know how long it takes this to come out. Yeah. It'll come out on Monday. So yeah. Yeah. I think this is actually going to be like our last episode that'll be out in 2022 actually. So I think the next one will be out oh, cool. at the very beginning of the next year. So I'm honored. Just so cool to recap everything like big Kojima news like that happened. Honestly, like we already said, right off the the Game Awards uh, announcements. Yeah. God, did you guys talk about his drip? Because that crushed velvet <laughs> oh. suit with the embossed <laughs> logos yes. was just something out of this world. Yeah, he had all the different yeah. logos. Yeah. That's going to be for sale like next week. Oh, you know it. You know, I'm, I'm glad he's adding something to this because like, 
I watch a lot of these Game Awards things, and, and it's always just some guy in a t-shirt and a blazer. And I really hate t-shirt and blazer. You've got to go with something a, bit, a little bit more. Yes. Do you, do you know who wore a t-shirt and blazer? It's a bad look. Ted Bundy in court. Mm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Tank top, uh, shorts. <laughs> really change it up. What would you wear if you were on the Game Awards? I would uh, pick an outfit from the 2003 MTV Movie Awards, and I would replicate that. <laughs> Why 03? I don't know. There's something about that aesthetic, that vibe. Plus, it's like 20 years cycle. Just like, you know, some 2000 shit's coming back. I'm seeing, I'm seeing frosted yeah, yeah, yeah. tips out there. Was that the year Matt Stone and Trey Parker wore dresses? Uh, oh, yeah, to the Oscars. <laughs> we're really just here to talk about the- Oh, we're just having such a wonderful time. <laughs> they were also on shrooms that whole time, too. So that's, that's, that's yeah, admirable. yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Like uh, the game developer look of, blazer over your company's t-shirt is just so bad Jeez, yeah. yeah please do anything else yeah, i would just go dressed as jp from grandma's boy <laughs> it's the future of gaming yo you want to talk about the byproducts of certain eras i really do think the t-shirt blazer and dreams is like a byproduct from like the 2000s era of game devs like we had the rockstar yeah. era of the 90s and early 2000s then the mid 2000s was blazer blazer and t-shirt i like dressing it up all the way like put the whole suit on this is like the pinnacle of there's not really any other gaming awards now none that are aired to as large of an audience as the keelys are i think everyone should step it up you know al pacino he was he's a little little ill-fitting that suit of his Yo. but uh you know everyone should wear a suit oh yeah that man takes it seriously. I felt so bad when they musicked him out, but man, I loved his whole all gold everything. That was amazing yeah. because when they started playing the music, it just encouraged him. Like oh, yeah. it empowered him. He started playing to the music. I was just like, go Chelsea. I was, <laughs> I was cringing uh like a minute into his speech though. Cause I I he went I I was cackling hysterically by the time they started playing him off i was just like oh no yeah. oh oh is is jeff just sh like sweating in the corner oh, like yeah this is the first award oh no he's still talking <laughs> i love the guy it was really funny how like they were sitting there thinking like fuck we're selling this many steam decks like oh no <laughs> this is <laughs> that's all i minute. kept thinking about Christopher Judge Christopher Judge is just sitting there watching his stock and steam just go up. <laughs> He's like, hey. <laughs> I I love how Keeley addressed it and kept making jokes about the Steam Deck. Yeah. And going long and you know, making Steam users happy. Like, I love that he called attention to it. I I just love I love Jeff, Jeff in general. Like he's another one of those guys that helped us out early on at Mega 64, much like you know, Tommy did like another EP veteran. Yeah, and Jeff was there, like, in the guy's garage, like, filming stuff and a spotlight on Mega64, like, for oh, geez, television. Wow. When no one was coming to Santee, California, to, like, Sean's dad's garage. Well, was that back in, like, the Gamehead days? I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was for Gamehead, yeah. It was him and his producer and a cameraman came out to our neck of the woods and like filmed the whole thing about Mega 64. It was so awesome. cool to see him like have gr has, uh, you know, to see him grow into this organizer host and kind of like figurehead for the award show, like taking what used to be on spike, you know, um, 
Spike TV, yeah. Where, God, we used to get invited and actually go attend those. <laughs> it's grown into, like, such a cool thing. And, like, seeing Jeff at the head of it, like, I couldn't think of a better person to, to kind of, like, showcase that award show. Yeah, he's definitely been a prominent guy, like, in the whole gaming thing. Yeah, he's made a lot of observations. Yeah. He's done his research, and he's 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 learned from those experiences. Um, I did like, I, the one little snippet that I did like from him was um, that he did shout out to uh, the Sahara, Sahara folks that took to the stage, the Sahara game folks, because Jeff's okay. Jeff's first foray into like game journalism was actually writing guides for Sahara games. So like wow. back when he was like a teenager, that was like his first, from my understanding, one of his first like real publishing gigs. Um, and that kind of started everything. So hearing that, like as a Keeley fan, like hearing that was was pretty cool. Um, actually, yeah. we thought we humored the idea of getting him on the show. And like, I actually got his bowling shirt from when he bowled <laughs> with Reggie fils and me on Gamehead since you brought up Gamehead. And uh, I still have it signed by him you... and everything. Oh, wow. Did you win yeah. that? Or how did you? F okay. He had an episode where it was like, um, uh, where it was like he was bowling with Reggie Fees and me and they were like giving out like the bowling his bowling the like, Reggie Fees and me's bowling shirt and I was like well you know I'm a big fan of Nintendo but like this guy wrote the final hours of Metal Gear Solid 2 everybody probably wants Reggie's shirt but like I get to get the shirt of the guy who wrote the final hours of Metal Gear Solid 2 hell yeah so I asked Spike I was like can I just get that guy's shirt and I swear to god every podcast he had for like the next two years he brought up that story and it was so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> but like whatever you know if it made the guy feel good he's done a lot for the the, the industry good for him no shame in crushing on keely hey it wasn't a crush it was an industry respect okay but that's if we ever get him on the show go. that's gonna be the name of the episode so thank you garrett <laughs> the bowling shirt. okay <laughs> oh man that is my favorite keely story <laughs> That must have been around the like happy. Wii bowling time, right? Is that why they were playing? Yep. Yep. You got it. There the Wii was, Sports. There was advertisement man. for Wii Sports. God. And aside from all the celebrities we saw on this year's Keeleys, it was like so cool to see Reggie sitting right there. <laughs> I think even closer to the stage than Doug Bowser, you know, like he's still a figurehead and he's still like an important gaming icon Fucking staring into the camera i was happy to see him i still forget he doesn't work there anymore yeah he was so beloved he's like i gotta show up <laughs> is he retired now or I, when i saw him there i was like oh wow reggie i wonder what he's gonna announce and then i was like wait a second he doesn't he doesn't know he doesn't I think work he's... there anymore yeah Doug bowser's like he doesn't even go here <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think reggie is still involved i think he's started some type of like i don't know if it's something like um uh, uh the gang award what was that thing we were talking about earlier tommy's <laughs> company made all those awards yeah. but but i think i think reggie is involved in maybe like some big nonprofit, you know gaming related things but as far as like you know ceo type stuff i think he's retired from that yeah good for him he's done his bit it's time Hell to retire. Yeah. He's done his best. His body is tired. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so I was watching the uh, the podcast you guys were doing, I think it was last night. Uh, did you ever get around to playing any of the, the Game of the Years? Like the... Uh... Yeah. 
So I was uh I was sitting there and we co-streamed with the official uh the game awards overlay and everything. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to be it included this year. And uh I said on stream, you know, when it comes down to everyone thought it was going to be God of War or Elden Ring, I have them both sealed on my coffee table. Whichever one wins, I'm going home and tonight I am starting <laughs> Game of the Year 2022. And I was a man of my word. I went home and I popped in Elden nice. Ring and I'm sorry, God of War is just going to have to wait yeah, a couple um, wait. years now before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm going to start that again. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm definitely not going to uh, finish Elden Ring anytime yeah. soon, but I, I definitely started that and I am currently like sucked in. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I had an I awesome think... time with Elden Ring and I don't, I don't normally play a lot of like from soft games and I, that was one that okay, I was like, yeah. Oh shit, this is, this is one I can actually get into. And I, I dumped probably 50, 60 hours into it. It didn't beat it, but you know, yeah. still was, that was one that I could actually play. I, I had waited until the hype had kind of died on Bloodborne and I played that, uh, that was like the only thing I was playing on my PS5 because, you know, there weren't a lot of games out when it launched and that was a free game that month for the PlayStation mm-hmm. Network. So I fell in love with Bloodborne as I'd been kind of waiting to play that for a couple of years, uh, just smashed it, beat all the DLC bosses and everything. And then my goal with Elden Ring was like, wait for that price drop. Yeah. Just wait. I don't have, I don't have time to play it right now. And like, sure enough, Black Friday deal. It was 34 bucks. I got that thing sealed at one game of the year, and that's when I popped it in. I only play award-winning triple A, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm I am uh, I'm really having fun. I'm I'm I don't know, like maybe like 15, 20 hours in. I got a couple bosses under my belt, and it's the same grind that you know from from software yeah. games. So like, if you like that type of thing, like, oh my god, it, it deserved game of the year. Uh, I think the map is fucking huge. Yeah. Especially, I don't know. Have you gotten? Holy. Have you gotten like teleported anywhere? Transported? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yes. to the moment. This morning, yeah. dude. This morning, it put me in a corner of the I map. Like, oh shit! I didn't <laughs> know it existed. I'm like, I'm like, oh, let me open this chest. Uh oh, I got teleported. Well, how far can I? What? <laughs> you open up the like, map. You're like, oh fuck. It, <laughs> It opened up because the map wouldn't open up that big before because mm-hmm. I hadn't revealed like the fog yeah. of war in that area or whatever. So now it's like huge and I'm going, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm definitely starting God of War before. I, yeah. finish this. <laughs> I will say uh, Sean's complaints about God of War are pretty much mine. That's like it's just there's parts of it where you're just walking and talking. It's just like, oh, I get this. Like the combat's not too bad. Like I miss it not being over the shoulder and having that like zoomed out kind of arena feel to it. Yeah. But. There's just parts of it where he's like, hurry the fuck up. This is so boring. So <laughs> yeah. that's that's kind of the part. Me and Rocco said the exact same thing about it, like independently from each other. But Yeah, but. they both called it MCU. Like it's just like, you know, there's just all that that weird <laughs> writing and talking. Just like oh, with that horizon game. Did you ever finish that or did or uh, was that writing too much for you too? Like I didn't I couldn't no, finish I, that at I, all. I watched my girlfriend play both of the Horizon games, and there were times where it was just like, yo, <laughs> gotta move this along, guys. Yeah. Like, really slow dialogue. Yeah, the first one wasn't too bad, but the second one I was like, god damn. <laughs> they do like their pomp and circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> it's so serious. It's so melodramatic. They also yeah. really like not giving you a chance to like both games. They really don't like giving you a chance to figure out what's going on before they're like, gotta do this, gotta do that. Hey, you're on fire. Yeah. Hey. Well, 
Can't you disable that in the new God of War? I, no. I could have swore I heard that you could <laughs> turn it off back. in accessibility no. or something. Bro, if you could, do you think fingers would come back as angry as he was? <laughs> no, it's, it's the pacing. That's... It's not even it's not even the the dialogue that like of them talking about puzzles and combat. It's just like the slow walk pacing stuff. Like Red Dead Redemption 2 level of like, holy shit, please hurry up. And like the uh, the yeah. squeezing through walls type loading screen stuff, like we're still doing that. It's just this weird, like it's it's got a war two thousand eighteen again. Like yeah, they had that in the Callisto Protocol, which is like the most next gen looking game I've played. I still can't get over that we're all arguing about a video game starring Fergie's ex. Like that's all I can think about <laughs> this game. I um I played through the Callisto Protocol um. And there's there's a lot to like, but it's it's pretty rough around the edges in a lot of ways, too. But visually, I mean, I don't think I've seen a game that really feels next gen more than this one. But they still do the whole, hey, we're going to make you squeeze through a tight corridor to hide the fact that we're loading the next area thing. Like, it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Is that is that a glaring problem for you in games? Because I don't know if I care it's... that much about those because like everything does have. You're right though; it's overused. I can't not see it. You know, I don't mind yeah. that as Maybe. much as the low, as the slow walking talky bits. Like that's the part where I'm just like, oh my god, please yeah. put a skip button in this, or at least I, you know same. something. I feel like I would it would bother me less if it was just a loading screen. Uh huh. In a weird way, because that doesn't take me out of the story. I miss loading screens. I miss seeing tips and tricks. <laughs> it is funny, like. The the closer we get to this medium as like uh I mean you guys are a podcast specifically about Kojima games. Like you're very close to the source. And and you know, when we were kids and the door in Resident Evil opened, I didn't know it was a loading screen. I was just like, oh cool, I'm opening this door and I'm gonna be surprised by what's around the corner. No idea that, yo, this is this is a technological I mean imperative yeah. door that has to be like there. even in high school when like the elevators on mass effect that was just like yeah i get more dialogue with my friends it was a loading yeah. screen the whole time <laughs> that was you didn't know yeah that was the first time we're ruined but that's but that but maybe like you think about those compared to like a guy going through like crawling through the floor or something like that so i, I can see why nitroid's a bit yeah. disgruntled once you open that resident evil loading door like you can't shut it you notice it forever like yeah and that's the thing but then resident evil went and then in re2 they had the one door you open up where the zombies actually came through at you yeah oh god that was, that was fucking awesome. played with your expectations yeah. Was, yeah yeah and that was one of the most memorable moments in re2 totally but like i, I think i it's funny you bring up mass effect in the elevator because i think that was the first time i remember uh um a game being mentioned in an article about sort of like these loading screens aren't really all that transparent anymore. Like we know what they're doing. You know, that was like the first awareness I sort of had of it was Mass Effect. I think Callisto Protocol is committing a much bigger crime, which needs to disappear from video games completely. And I might seem biased, but they need to stop putting unskippable cutscenes in games. None yeah. of your cutscenes should ever be unskippable. You'll never take Kyrie's heart. <laughs> They spent like a billion dollars on each one. Oh, there's there's unskippable cutscenes. Callisto Protocol, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but that's fucked up yeah. for 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 speedrunning. I mean, I don't necessarily want them to. You guys covered this a couple of weeks ago, but I don't want them to bake in speedrunning techniques like that. That is counterintuitive to the art form. Agreed. 
Man, you do listen to our show. Jesus. Shouts out. <laughs> Calling speedrunning an art form is funny. It's true, though. Uh, but, but, <laughs> I'm so impressed by how, how good you are on that show, by the way. <laughs> but but for real, though, like, uh, yeah, that's, that is kind of messed up. Not being able to skip a cutscene, that especially on even a casual second playthrough, like, okay. Exactly. exactly. You it's should not, be able... It's not just... I, I didn't know that. That's a that's a mark against Callisto Protocol, big time. It's not just about speedrunners. I mean, is it like a QTE or something? No, it's not a QTE or anything. But okay, that's are, like the only reason I can think to not do it. Like, that's the only no, time I can be like, okay, to do a QTE real quick and hit the thing or the reaction, but, yeah. Imagine every cutscene in Metal Gear Solid was unskippable. Like, like... Oh God, no! I don't have that kind of time. Because everyone wants to replay it at some point, and maybe you know you'll watch you the one you really like. You'll watch Ocelot meowing or whatever. Yeah. But there'll be other stuff where you're just like, I just want to play more game because I've already, yep. I've, you know, I've already seen these cutscenes. It's not, it's not just about speedrun. I just don't think any developer can say this cutscene should be watched every single time, every time you play it forever. No cutscene yeah. is that good. And sure. if it's that good, just make yeah. it a ladder. Hey, yeah, only New Game Plus could skip. Make it so exactly, only exactly. New Game Plus can skip cutscenes. I mean, exactly, right? New, new yeah. Game Plus, skip cutscenes, yeah. fine. And the cutscenes do have that sort of, like, transition into gameplay thing, but, like, I've seen other games do that and still let you skip them. Mm-hmm. Even better, make it part of the gameplay, a la Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. If you beat the game already and Eric tries to offer you that videotape challenge, you just fucking punch him in the face and yeah. move on with your life. <laughs> That was so ahead of its time. That shit was awesome. How many years uh, has it been since that game? And I'm still mad at that kid. Yeah. Colonel Colonel just comes to your house in Alaska. He's like, Snake, we need you. And Snake's just like, no. <laughs> 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 well, at the beginning of Persona 5, there's a question. And oh, if you yeah? answer no, it just takes <laughs> you back to the title screen. <laughs> It does the same thing with uh, one one of the Paper Mario's. Is like they keep asking, like you got to be the hero, man. And it's like, nah, yeah. okay, game over. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Far Cry did something with that too, where like the villain, like if you don't get up and escape the room, you just come back. Yeah, and, like, just like Far Cry Four. You. He gives yeah. you, he even better. He gives you exactly what you want. He's like, come on, let's go bury your mom's ashes. Let me show you around the place. We'll have a good time. End credits. He's <laughs> your buddy For, uh, now. Yeah. Once again, Troy Baker. Ah, he's so good. I just wish he'd stop wearing that fucking hat. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that. That also gives a lot of like t-shirt, blazer, and and, and jeans energy. Oh God, yeah. Too many, uh, too many necklaces and hat vibe is like I don't know. It just it's it freaks me out. He's loving life though. Oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure he had a ball with uh. With all that shit that he was featured on at the game or at the Keeleys, so Kojima coming to him like, "Hey, we need you to sing for the trailer." And then all the Last of Us movie stuff that they were show, or the not movie, but the HBO show and everything. Mm-hmm. He's killing it. Maybe I'm just jealous. I need to wear a big hat. <laughs> <laughs> Too many accessories. <laughs> I'm one to talk. <laughs> well, Garrett, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's been awesome. It's been good talking with you. I am always happy to uh, lend my voice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. Uh, quite the fan of the Kojima Frequency, and I want to shout out, you guys had Carcinogen mm-hmm. on yes. uh, a few episodes ago. That Like, the only, I'm just, at heart, I'm a Metal Gear and Resident Evil fanboy, and then, like, all other games are like, okay. But um, Carcy's been, like, the only game streamer I've ever really followed, uh, 
you know, being being someone who streams on Twitch, uh, you know, weekly myself, I don't really watch a lot of Twitch. Yeah. With the exception of like uh, Carsey's uh, Resident Evil stuff has just always been there. So I was so stoked you guys had him on. Oh yeah, he's um, awesome, and Poos is awesome too. Yeah, hell yeah, I love Carsey. And the overall, let me just like uh, compliment his like attitude to being a content creator online. Like, I can't tell you how much I love his, like, fuck you attitude of, like, like, no, I'm here to do the things I want to do, and uh, don't don't come into my chat and talk to me about what we're doing. Like, just, I've always admired his, uh, not abrasive, but really, like, take no shit approach to all of his social media, all of his uh, internet, um, you know, uh, 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 content, I will say. I I loved his uh, recent foray into Dead Space, where he's like, "This is fucking awful. I'm gonna no hit this whole thing. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> so good." Uh, but always, always happy to be back on. Um, and you can catch me uh, streaming on Twitch every Wednesday for Mega Sixty Four. I do a show called the Poorly Played Stream. And uh, we usually play modern and contemporary stuff with the exception of uh, over the summer, I'm always going to tackle a full playthrough of a Metal Gear game. And uh, for Halloween, we're always going to be bouncing around some horror franchise. So from Silent Hill 3 this year, I think I'm going to put it back into Resident Evil next year. Um, Nice. But yeah, tune in uh, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Pacific on Mega64 Podcast. Uh, And then we archive those episodes every Friday on the Mega64 Archives YouTube channel. Nice. Yeah. And tune into the Hanukkah cast. I'm looking forward to that. This Sunday. It might have aired by the time you're listening to this, but it'll be up on our Mega64 YouTube channels. Heck yeah. If people want to follow you, you're over at Garrett Hunter on on Twitter. Yep. G-A-R-R-E-T-T-H-U-N-T-E-R on Twitter and Garrett Hunter 64 on Instagram. I'll let you know when I'm going live on Twitch. Uh, and that's about it. I've been steering clear of... Uh, social media has been quite a Denzian uh, yeah. <laughs> nonsense in the last few years. But uh, yeah, I will always be promoting when I'm on and when I'm live and what gets archived there. So check it out. Sweet. Yeah, Thanks again, man. Thank you. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. Love talking to you guys. Thanks. <laughs>